Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome in, folks, on what is going to be remembered as a sombre day in New Zealand. Um, And in downtown Auckland, one of those things you just cannot prepare yourself for. You can't even imagine that something like this is going to happen. And um, I just knew, as I just said to Louis uh, before 12, I thought something pretty major was up. We've all been passed by cop cars and have to pull over to the left lane to let them pass. But there was a little bit of urgency with the police cars this morning on my way into work. It was about uh, 7.30. I was on the motorway, and it's packed at that time in Auckland. For non-Auckland, it is packed, and it's about oh, 20 k's an hour at, at best. And three came past me, and then another three, and then another three, and then another two, and they were moving, like almost dangerous almost dangerous, which is why I knew something had been labelled urgent. And then just before I got to work, there was another, um, one of their new Skoda um, Mufties just pulled this unbelievable manoeuvre to get through, and I think it was armed defenders in that one, um, to get through an intersection, a very, very busy intersection. But as soon as I walked in, um, the people that already at work told me what had happened and just just quite unbelievable. And um, I was actually going to be emceeing an event this evening, not far from there, and the company I was doing it for are in the building next door. And um, about an hour ago, they rang me and just said, look, we're putting the event off. And I won't say who the company was, but um, their staff have been very affected. They were in the building when the shots were ringing out and they are on the ground and they were screaming and behind it, just terror that we're not used to. So, um, you know, thoughts do go out particularly particularly to the victims' families um, in this nonsensical atrocity that has hit our city, our country, and globally. Unfortunately, we pride ourselves on being a very safe nation, and by and large we are, but every now and then something like this happens. So people that were nearby, people that were passing by, um, this is going to affect everybody very, very differently. Some will just carry on as if nothing happened, and some will deeply affect. So just be gentle with your fellow person. 
today because um, it may bring up memories of something else that they've witnessed as well. So a um, lot of support, a lot of love, a lot of aroha out to all of you out there. Um, and thank goodness it wasn't linked to anything that perhaps would have uh, resulted in some more ramifications later. Sounds like it's just someone operating on his own. And um, I'll keep you up to date with anything important that comes out. Um, but Araha has done a great job today keeping you up to date with uh, the latest news. So, yeah, pretty sad day. Pretty sad, sad day. As far as we're concerned, 12 to 3 today on Afternoons with Staffy, with two years old and one day today. So we have got soon, we're going to be talking some uh, some cricket and some golf with Mark Ferguson and very, very shortly. And I want to get your feedback actually on day one of the Ashes and then a bit of a preview yarn. I want to hear your golf yarns and your tips and who, who you fancy for the British Open. And I see... Oh, gosh, I had it here before. Ryan Fox is teeing off at 6 o'clock New Zealand time tonight. So we can watch his whole round, which will be brilliant. And I think he's second or third off or fourth group. So we'll see at least most of his first nine, I would imagine. Well, I'd hope. So that's great news. Um, I actually sent Foxy a message last night on behalf of everyone, wishing him all the best, saying we would all be glued to our TVs. And he replied with, thanks, mate. So he knows we're all behind him, which is fantastic news. Uh, Also going to talk to Anne O'Brien. She is the program consultant and also the brainchild of sorts uh, for the Equalise Speaker Series. Now, there are some very, very powerful women in New Zealand at the moment, and they are running a a speaking free-to-go-to series uh, at all of the party zones or the, the football hubs at in all the cities that have uh, FIFA World Cup games. Um, and some of the speakers are just incredible. Natalie Portman from Hollywood, the, the the big A-list actor, she's coming. She's coming. She's speaking in Auckland tomorrow, I think. But I'll give you the website, and I'll get her to give you the website to... Um, Hold the phone, Natalie Portman. Yeah. Gee whiz. <laughs> Princess Amidala from Star Wars. Was she? Yeah, she was Princess Amidala from Naboo. Um, that's a massive get. I sort of looked through a couple of them and I saw, you know, some Kiwi sports stars, but Natalie Portman. You had to keep scrolling. There's some big, big names. Well, she should have been right at the front. It's about equalisation, Sam. Yeah. But Dame Valerie, uh, Aaron Sela, Kelly, uh, Kelly Ross, mm. uh, Motu is there. Sarah Berriman, uh, Berriman, or Berriman, sorry. Um, Sarai Berriman. Sarai yep. Berriman, yeah. Yep, um, who's head of Oceania Football. Um, the girl that's that launched that social, uh, that girl boss, you heard of her? Mm. She's got like a gazillion followers, and she inspires young New Zealand women to set up business and mentors them. And it's just take. It's not just for girls either, and women. It's uh, men, men and um, children and adults, and it's just go and hear these stories. I think it's a brilliant idea. So I had to get Anne O'Brien on just to explain it a little bit more. Um, we we'll have Blake Stothart for a TRB update at about 1.30. Tony Johnson at 2 o'clock will definitely cast our eye and magnifying glass over the All Blacks' performance last week and Australia's performance last week, which I'm looking forward to doing with Jeremy Paul tomorrow, actually, 24 hours after Tony Johnson. So he he's on it too. We'll find out where Sammy's putting his pacing for purpose bet as we try and raise money for the Butterbean Motivation. Uh, Robbie, who was with me for the last two weeks while Sammy was on breakfast, uh, won one and lost one. Uh, so he won the $3.80 shot or three, $2.80 or $3 shot. 
Uh, then last week he just went ballistic. He had a $16 shot, <laughs> and I think it came second last. Um, <clears throat> but Sammy's back in the saddle. We'll also play Show Me The Money, and we will play The Chase, and we'll have a look back in the day. But right now we're going to go across, or up, we'll go up to the Northern Hemisphere. Long-time bookmaker at Bet365, very similar career path to me. About the same amount of time I worked at the TAB, he worked at Bet365. His specialities were golf and cricket. We both got made redundant in the same week, so we're very, very similar. Kindred spirits, I would suggest. And Ferg, uh, bringing you in now, mate, um, I do want to talk British Open, uh, but a little birdie tells me you've just returned from day one of the fourth Ashes Test, Old Trafford. How good? Yeah, and, and I got back home. Well, actually, I'm, I'm uh, my girlfriend's parents' house currently, but I got home to, well, there's 15 minutes ago. Yeah, fan, fantastic day. Um, special day for me. I was there in 2005 um, where I, I kind of queued from 6 a.m. Didn't quite queue from 6 a.m. this morning, but I was there with my um, with my dad and uh, and my son, so three generations of Ferguson. Yeah, a special day it was, a fluctuating day. Um, but a special day nonetheless. No one really got on top, and I think that exemplified no. the fact that I I took a bet uh, for the Australian high bet, uh, top run scorer, first innings, to be Mitch Marsh at $8, and he's tied, so I'm going to get $4, unless... Mitch You're going to get $4? Yeah, I mean, what a, what a strange market. I, I mean, yeah, I think four or five of the guys score between 32 and 51. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was obviously Mitch Marsh and Labastain, 51. I think Travis had 48. Uh, yeah, a really strange day. And, and what, what seems to have typified this series is that when a, a, a batsman or a partnership in particular gets going, you think, oh, they're going to take the game away and, and suddenly just get out. And that happened four or five times today. Um, the yeah. Smith wicket, Keith. Yeah, it, it just there's no, and no better than Chris Wokes coming back. And, and Chris Wokes, um, I had a little fancy. I backed him at 25 to 1 to be top man of the match, to be, top, to be man of the match. And I don't often get involved in those kind of markets. But he's very, he's unheralded Chris Wokes and was unlucky not to play in the second test. Um, and and they, they left him for the last, well, this this test and, and the Headingley test. And look, he's a top bowler. He was brilliant today. Um, and I think he'll get some runs as well. So I'm quite hopeful, especially if he can pick up one of these remaining two wickets that he may get a five foot and, and man of the match is definitely on I looked at the man of the match markets and I was going to go Ben Stokes at 10s but I left it alone so um, I'm just going to get my half pay out for Mitch Marsh but I do want to talk to you about the British Open um, one of the yep. big big majors, the most storied the classic, uh, the polite clapping, the tweed, the cheese cutters all of that, I, I just absolutely love it but what I don't know much about is the course they're playing on, Ferg. Can you, can you give us the lay of the land of the course? Who, what sort of player, without names initially, what sort of player it suits? Well, a player, funny enough, I, I, it's a strange golf course for all Liverpool. Uh, it's, uh, some people call it Hoylake. And uh, for the Open, the, the 17th and the 18th to, to members or to everybody who plays outside of the Open uh, is the first and the second. Um, the, the way they, they want the, the finishing hole uh, to, be, to be very different, that par five, which is the 16. So that changes around. And I played it in April. Very, very different back then. Um, the rough wasn't up. Far easier test. It looked like it was going to be 
um, with the weather in the UK three or four weeks ago. It looked like it was going to be very similar to when Tiger Wood won in 2006, when he famously only used one driver. The course was burnt to a cinder that year. Uh, but now, with the weather, we've had some very inclement weather the last three or four weeks, and it looks like it's going to play very similar, with, you know, where we're going here, to 2014, when Rory McIlroy won. And um, I've been on the show before a couple of times, you mentioned, and not been singing his phrases, not necessarily his biggest fan, but this time, the conditions, the, the form, the confidence in that fantastic win uh, at the Scottish Open, it's right on his thing. You talk about the course um, and, and, and conditions-wise, yeah, it's, it's very much going to be a really good driver of the golf course. Right. You're going to have to drive it well. He's talked about the kind of game of chess off the tee, avoiding those pot bunkers. Uh, but he knows it better than anybody. He hasn't come back, apparently, since that win in 2014. But the comfort of winning, uh, I think he's got to have a massive chance on this course this week. Are we talking the odd round of 64-65, or is it going to be a bigger challenge than that? Is it an attrition open, this one? Oh, God, it's really difficult. You know, you're going to get an early starter probably tomorrow um, that, that come or tonight for you guys um, who will, will come out and uh, and shoot. Yeah, I think so. I think 64-65 is definitely in the pipeline. But uh, winning score-wise, it's going to be really difficult. Really difficult to say um, because, as I said, it's all about how, how the RNA wants to set up the golf course. It's like the USGA. What winning score do they want it to be? I mean, that was interesting, the US Open, what happened, because the weather was completely against what they thought it would be and, and they set the course up for a very different test. But the RNA usually ride on the money. I think you'll see some low scores, but I reckon a score around 10, 12 under will be good enough this week. But again, that's really crystal ball thinking. But um, I've, got a, I've got a few other names, if, if you like. But, but, um, but yeah, course-wise, uh, I think it's going to play very similar to last week. Um, in, in the you know, where the Scottish Open was at the Renaissance, mm. and and that's going to obviously favour McIlroy massively. Um, but yes, scores, yeah, ten to twelve under with a few sixty five, certainly a low sixty six. I imagine. So you and I are both sound like um, I'm, I'm not often a guy that takes the favourite in a British Open. We got Rory joint favourite here at the New Zealand Tab. He's at eight bucks, Scotty Scheffler eight, and then down to th- yeah. 13, Ram, 17, Smith. So I think Rory, um, you can never bet in golf confidently, but he's in the best nick <laughs> of his life. I'm wary of someone going back-to-back week after week. It very rarely happens in professional golf, but I'll allow him that because he's so damn good. But I do know you like scouting down the, the, the market sheets, trying to find us a little bit of value for a top 10, a top 20, a top 40, something like that. What have you fossicked out for us great Kiwi punters? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'll mention a few names. Uh, I, I like Adam Scott this week. Uh, Scotty, a couple of top 10s on the two visits here, 2006, 2014. Not many people have, would have played both open. You know, you've got to be at the top of the game for 17 years at least, and, and Scotty's certainly in that bracket. But um, another top 10 last year, St. Andrews, and I think he might have been 11th if we've been presented. But I think Scotty, I like Scotty. I'm not sure he's paying on the CAB, but I, I, I think he's, he's my shortlist for a top 10. Sam Burns uh, is somebody I really like. Won the match play. Um, he's around 50 bucks, 60 bucks, I believe, with you guys. Um, but listen, 
this is the one I want to talk about. Uh, I only unraveled him um, today looking through the 2015 amateur champion, Roman Langas. L-A-N-G-A-S-Q-U-E. I love him. Uh, I've seen prices of 500, 600s on the outright over here. Not sure what he's paying with you guys, but uh, the markets I'm interested in are the top continental European and the top European. I believe, having a quick scan, um, he's paying uh, 30 bucks to be the top continental European, which is great. We can get rid of Rory. We can get rid of Cyril Hassan, Fleetwood, other, other of, the, of the Brits. Um, but yeah, Langas, I really like him this week. Um, why do I like him? Well, he snuck incredibly under the radar this year. Uh, his form is, is very, very good. You know, last 10 outings, okay, albeit on the weaker European tour, but 10th, 16th, 2nd in Italy, 21st in Korea, 45th, 9th, 17th. Look, he, he's, he's banged there. He is absolutely banged there. And to, to, to chuck something else in there, he's played six major championships, made the cut in five of those. Okay, um, you know, tied 34, tied 39, 54. But the kicker for me is he's a very, very good links player. He wanted an outsider. I'm going out on a limb. Roman Langasta. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm hurriedly looking. So he's paying 326 to win. And as I'm looking at these markets, they're all updating. So maybe... TAB golf bookmakers uh, listening in on you, and I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just trying to find his. Oh gosh, because he's in amongst that. Here he is. He's eight. He is eight dollars fifty for a top twenty. Yeah, I, I, you know, look at the end of the day. Um, as I said, it's very. You talked about it. Golf betting is so hard. Yeah. Um, I, I really like Rory this week. Um, but yeah, he's not going to get us rich, neither for, for Scotty or, or Burns. But you ask me for somebody of the outside variety, and this man, left field, I'm giving him to you. You are the first person to ever tip anyone, not only over $100 or $200, over $300. I just need to put two quid on, Ferg. Two quid. <laughs> well, well, if, if, this, this, if you'd said to me earlier, if you talked about who you are, Lagas wasn't even on my radar, and I just stumbled across the name, looking at I thought, I just want to have a look at his form recently. And yeah, I was blown away with his consistency this year. And look, it, it's very, very difficult, um, as we talked about, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm sticking it. I'm, I'm sticking there. I'm going out on the limb. He's my man. Are you, last thing, are you a proponent for, because I love these, leader after the first round and you find a good golfer that's got the early tee-off? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, wind-wise, it's almost, in, yeah, I, I can't remember the last time that the early starters on day one in the Open didn't have the advantage. Um, I, you know, there will be some anomaly in the last 10, 15 years. But yeah, invariably, how many times do you see they go out, somebody shoots, 63, 64, not 63, but 64, 65, and, and from the probably first lot of six, maybe seven groups, and never headed. So, yeah, of course. Um, Langas, by the way, is not seeing off till 12.20 British time, as before you asked. Uh, Matthew Jordan, uh, a Raw Liverpool local, uh, he's a member there, I believe. Um, he's got the first tea time. So, you know, if you're looking for a bit of a, a story, 
uh, he, he might be a man. But look, I don't get too involved in those markets. I rarely get involved in the markets I'm telling you about. But <laughs> hey, fate happens, and that's where we are this week. Top European player, excluding GB and Ireland, Romain Langask, $31. That's where I'm shopping. Hey, there you go. And that, that's the one I'm focusing on. That's the one. Because the reason is, I do like Hatton this week. I do like Rory, as, as I've mentioned. Rory, the stars are aligned to, to go back and, and finally break that nine-year drought. But the good thing about the top continental, we're not worrying about Rory and Co. So, yeah. That's it, mate. Don't put you off there. Get on him. Good boy. Good boy, Ferg. Uh, enjoy the Ashes. Enjoy the Open. We'll lock horns again. I hope the listeners have enjoyed it. Enjoy and uh, we'll lock horns, you say, in the very near future. Take care, guys. There he is, Mark Ferguson. Um, in summary, Rory McIlroy, $8. He's paying to win. Adam Scott for a top 10 finish, six fifty. Sam Burns, a top 10 finish, $7. And this, Romain Langaske. Langaske. Uh, top 10, he's paying 31, maybe not that one, but the top European player, excluding Great Britain and Ireland, which excludes Rory and co., $31. There we go. That is him in summary. Who do you like? Who do you like in the Open? And how do you think the Ashes is poised? I'd love to hear your calls. I had a few texts. I'll get to those after a break, but give us a yell. 0800-150-811. You're in Afternoons with Staffy on SCNZ. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, got some texts through. Love to hear your, your dulcet tones on 0800150811. Richard has texted and said only one Scottish Open and British Open in the same year, and that was Phil Mickelson, handy golfer. Yeah, I just, very rare since sort of the Tiger Wood days. I know, I, know, I think Scotty Scheffler has done it back-to-back, um, but back-to-back from into a major is very rare. Um, it's the only knock I've got on Rory McIlroy, but he just looks in such sublime touch at the moment. As I said to Ferg, I'm not, I'm not one to back winners and I'm not going to back Rory because I just think risk versus return never goes out of vogue as I often say. I just think the $8 price around him, um, too much risk in there. Uh, Staffy from Mark I like Keegan Bradley and I've had a nibble at the TAB. Keegan Bradley? Let me go find out what he's playing champion. Zoom, 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 zoom. He'll be towards the top of the market somewhere. He's this is the problem. I mean, it's such a big field to try and find people. Uh, there he is. Oh, $8. What? Oh, I must be in the top. $8 top 10. $8 top 10, so to suggest he's about 70 bucks. Good luck with that, buddy. Um, Natalie Portman is part owner of Angel City, where Ellie Riley plays. Yes, I'd heard that. Part owner or full owner of the uh, women's football team, Angel City. Natalie Portman. Have you got your tickets? Oh, you don't need tickets. It's free, Sam. It's free. Um, So your predictions for the British Open Golf, love to hear them. It's actually not a bad viewing time for us. We do get to see the early early guys tee off um, at about six. I meant to look that up, didn't I? Ryan Fox. I'm going to do that now for you. Ryan Fox is teeing off at... Stand by. I was supposed to look it up during the ad break and I didn't. Um, 
Ryan Fox. Here it is. Finally found it. 5.57 Thursday. That's tonight. So five to or three minutes to six. Oh, he'll take four and a half, five hours to get round. Perfect. Perfect. And then tees off 11 o'clock at night Friday. Dan Hillier tees off tonight at quarter to 11. And then Friday evening at quarter to six. So there we go. You can watch Ryan Fox in normal hours tonight and Dan Hillier, recent winner on the DP World Tour. Fantastic, fantastic. Can't wait for this. And the tour and the Ashes and the Warriors. Oh, great weekend of sport. We shall take a break. Do give us a call on 0800 150 11. Your Ashes, we'll do an update of that after the news and who you fancy in the British Open. But first, here's the news. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. I'm just bringing you up to date with the latest news on the shooting in the Auckland CBD. Uh, the gunman that has shot and killed two people in the CBD on Thursday has been named. He is 24-year-old Matu Tangimatua Reed. Reed was sentenced in March on charges of injuring with intent to injure, um, assault with intent to injure, willful damage, male assaults, female, and impeding breathing. Uh, he was sentenced to five months home detention at the Auckland District Court. Um, there's something about his... Uh, they haven't got full details of that sentence, but sometimes when people are on home detention, they can get released to... Put, to carry on employment so I would imagine he was allowed to because he did have an ankle bracelet on um, they've spoken to a woman at a property linked with Reed, and she said she spoke to him last night and he said he loved us and nothing else much really and then she tried to get in touch with him this morning but his phone was dead um, everything was all good last night she said um, and she's just found out and they're still dealing with the situation um, the what else can I tell you here? Um, charge with the uh, yes, yeah, so there are obviously the two civilians uh, dead along with the shooter. Um, there are six others that have been injured, uh, including police officers, uh, and they range from moderate to critical. And they are warning that um, there could be more fatalities, which suggests that. Maybe uh, one of the one of the victims of the shooter is not in good shape. One or more is not in good shape. So we do hope that uh, we can bring you more good news. Um, but it is our responsibility to bring you anything we can update you with. I'm, I'm actually quite surprised how quickly they've released the name. I guess the fact that um, the, the shooter has died, um, there's no name suppression or anything like that. So I guess that's um, made that... An expedient announcement, um, and they've been pressed to say, did the police shoot him or did he take his own? Um, we don't know that yet either. Uh, I'm just constantly refreshing here with uh, with all the latest information. FIFA will carry on as uh, as per normal, that's an official statement. Also, be an official statement that he's that the shooter is not linked with any extremist group. Uh, there's no threats to anyone else now. They do have the scene under control, but they are still urging public to stay away. They do have uh, work to do. It's completely cordoned off. 
um, dozens of emergency vehicles and police vehicles and police officers and foot traffic. Just don't go down there. I know how tempting it is to go and have a little look, but just do stay away so we can get it back open, get it all safe and get all the investigations done. Um, that I, I do think that's the most prudent thing. Um, just on the back of that news of uh, the Black Caps team that has been named, which actually I'll go back and get that for you because I was trying to find out the latest for you on the goings-on in Central City, but they have named a team. Here it is. Uh, they have named – you have to scroll to the bottom. Here it is. Tim Southey will captain Mark Chapman, Lockie Ferguson – Cole Jamison, Jimmy Neesham, Rachin Ravindra, Mitch Santner, Tim Seifert, Finn Allen, Devin Conway, uh, Matt Henry, Adam Milne, Daryl Mitchell, Glenn Phillips, Ish Sodi, Eddie Ashok, Chad Bowes, Dane Cleaver, Dean Foxcroft, Cole McConchie, Henry Shipley, Will Young. Now some of them are for both. Uh, so the ones that are going to both are Southie, Chapman, Ferguson, Jamison, Nisham, Ravindra, Satna and Seifert. And the other names I gave you, some are going to England and some are going to the UAE. Had a text message in from Josh saying, Hey team, how does Josh Clarkson continue to be overlooked by Black Cap selectors? Nisham has had his date and Clarkson has destroyed domestic bowling attacks in the last couple of years. Josh, I'm going to have to take your word for that. Um... I spread myself pretty thin to, to cover all of that. Um, I know that, that's been the conversation around Jimmy Neesham for some time, isn't it? Um, occasionally he'll have an absolute match winner, won't he? Um, bat or ball, usually bat. Very clean striker of the ball. Um, and I'm no selector. I'm no real cricket aficionado. I do enjoy watching it. So I can't help you, Josh, but I'm sure there's cricket fans out there nodding along with you, buddy. Um, and I'd like to see a few more blooded actually, a few more, particularly for the UAE, because they're not going to offer much resistance at all, at all. And how did that UAE tour come about? Have you ever asked yourself that? Have you ever asked yourself why the Black Caps going to UAE? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself. We'll take a break and we'll come back. SCNZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Call anytime. 0800 150 811. Discover the thrill of thoroughbred racing at loveracing.nz and celebrate the heroes of our sport. Follow our equine superstars from the breeding barn to the racetrack through to their life after racing. Be a part of the action. Loveracing.nz, your home of thoroughbred racing. Number one, number one. Wow, where are they off to? Visiting stuff.co.nz. All of them? Yep, two million Kiwis every month for news, sport and so much more. Stuff.co.nz, New Zealand's number one news site. Polaris Field Day specials are on now with great savings across the range. Get $1,000 free accessories on the Sportsman 450 and the 570 Premium. Get $2,000 free accessories on the Ranger 570 HD and the upgraded 23 Ranger Diesel. And a whopping $2,500 free accessories on the Ranger XP1000. On top of that, finance is also available to approved purchases at a 6.99% rate. Don't miss out. See your local Polaris dealer. Polaris, think outside. 
Fortuna is stepping up their game with premium new items added to their extensive all-you-can-eat buffet. More seafood, new premium cuts of meat, Cajun spice tater tops, creamy mac and cheese, jalapeno bites and much more. Fortuna is perfect for a number of occasions, especially for a large group that wants to indulge in a wide range of delicious cuisine. So take the family for an experience like no other. Fortuna at Sky City. For friends, for value, Fortuna. Level 3 Sky City, Auckland. Thinking of what Watching some sport? Think the Cav. The Cav Gastro Pub is the home of sport in Ponsonby. Meet your mates and catch the big game in this great spot on College Hill. Rugby, league, cricket, netball, UFC, sailing, American sports, anything sport. The Cav sure have it. They've also got delicious food and drink too to really add to the whole experience. So, want to catch the game? Catch it at the Cav Gastro Pub, the home of sport in Ponsonby on College Hill and Facebook. By air, by sea. From international freight to domestic parcels, Vertical Logistics delivers solutions to get your goods to their destination. Whether you're relocating, shipping a vehicle, or simply need an overseas or domestic courier, Vertical Logistics partners make it easy to meet your needs with their amazing local and global coverage. Vertical Logistics, leading the way in personalising your freight services. For freight solutions including customs clearance, experience the detailed level of service that is Vertical Logistics. Visit verticallogistics.co.nz Backed by a team of experienced, reliable Tradies, Lane Construction is your number one service provider for commercial and industrial construction projects. From plumbing and electrical to building and roofing maintenance and so much more, they have you covered. Lane Construction is big on service and passionate about a happy customer and a great result. For your one-stop shop property service provider with the highest quality workmanship and quick response times, look no further than Lane Construction. Visit lanecs.co.nz Are you the one New Zealand Warriors one? big fan. If you're a whiz at Warriors trivia or just a die-hard fan that'd never miss a game, then One New Zealand are looking for you. You could win a VIP trip to a game in Australia for the 2024 season, sign Warriors merch, a brand new mobile phone and unlimited data plan, and exclusive use of home base One New Zealand's VIP grandstand for a game. So come on, tell us what you've got, Warriors fans. Phone 0800 go warriors to leave a voicemail. It's your year. T's and C's apply. Use rugby as the excuse and go on tour by heading to France for the Rugby World Cup 2023 with All Blacks Tours. We love our travel. We love our Rugby World Cups and we know how to do them right. Rugby World Cup 2023 packages are still available, but they're selling out fast. So make sure you get yours now. Get on tour and experience the thrill of being with the All Blacks. Check out the range of experiences at allblackstours.com and be the 16th man on the field. Have you heard our big news here at SENZ? We are now your official radio destination for the home summer of cricket. That means every Black Caps game and every White Ferns game will be broadcast live right here on SENZ. Ball by ball, every moment, there are few things more classically Kiwi than the sound of summer cricket on the radio. Oh yes. And at SENZ, we couldn't be more thrilled to bring it to you. So stay with us for all the cricket action this summer. SENZ, it's officially Kiwi for cricket. The Rugby World Cup is coming and it's also coming to SENZ. Catch commentary of all the biggest games right here. It all starts September 9th. Download the SENZ app today. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
Uh, Sammy, we're only a minute and a half away. I haven't even asked you, you're a golfer now. Um, very astute mind when it comes to golf. First, first question, rapid fire questions. If you had to pick roughly, give or take, where will Foxy finish? Well. What's the best he could do? Top 10. Okay. But what's his average? What, what, where do you Top 30, of, probably. Top 30. Yeah. Top 30. Okay, that's all right. Um, like, I, I stoked if he makes the top 20. Like, unbelievable he makes the top 10. Stoked if he makes the top 20. Like, great result if he makes the top 30, mm. I think. And but, who, who, who's your... If I told you you had to give me three golfers oh. and two of them have to finish in the top 10 or I burn your golf clubs, who's your three golfers? Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Rory. It's the next one I want to know. <laughs> it's the next <laughs> one I want to know. Can you give me a bit of time? Yeah, I can give you 20 seconds. Cam Smith. Really? Yeah. I think he's peaking. I think he's starting to trend in the right direction. I think he's peaking. A little bit of journalistic skill there. Guilty. Just <laughs> drag out some uh, some good ones. Right up, we're coming up to 1 o'clock. After the 1 o'clock news, we're going to talk to Anne O'Brien about this amazing program, uh, Equalise, the speaker series. What's it about? You'll find out. FIFA Women's World Cup has arrived in Auckland, Tamaki Makoto. Visit fifa.com slash tickets. It's one o'clock, I'm John McNeil with SENZ News. The eyes of the world's media have focused in on Auckland following a deadly shooting in the city's Commercial Bay precinct where three people have died, including the gunman, and six others were injured. The incident happened just hours before the start of the FIFA Women's World Cup, which officials have said will go ahead as planned, with a number of teams staying in hotels near the scene. Nick, a witness who was on Level 3 in the building where the shooting took place, gave this account to One's Breakfast. I did see um, so when we tried to run out of the office after about 10 minutes it went silent um, and we tried to run out um, and he was still just standing in the staircase holding what looked like to be a shotgun. We saw him and then um, everyone just basically scattered um, and we just started trying to find places to hide so we ran to the back of the building where um, I saw a bloody heart, like, so someone's hard hat had been taken off and there was blood splatters all over it and then blood splatters on the ground. Two sources confirmed to One News the gunman was on home detention and he was wearing an ankle bracelet. And police have now confirmed an officer was injured in the shooting. Acting Superintendent Sonny Patel said the officer was hospitalised in a critical condition, but his condition has now stabilised. Four members of the public have injuries ranging from moderate to critical. SENZ Radio.NZ Sport is coming up. Download the SENZ app today and listen live or catch up on anything you missed from your favourite show. Shane Van Gisbergen, the first driver in 60 years to win a NASCAR race on debut, will return to compete in the competition next month. The three-time supercar champ and winner of the inaugural Chicago Street Race earlier this month will drive on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He'll again race the number 91 Chevrolet Camaro ZL1 for the Trackhouse Racing Team's Project 91. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA Women's World Cup.
Welcome back in, team. I'm just looking at some live pictures from the Central Business District in Auckland, and I can see police officers taking down the police tape. And I can start to see, I think, some members of the public. Yep, it looks like they've just opened it back up. Still a big police presence down there, so don't go down unless you absolutely have to, if that toothache is just unbearable and you have to get to the dentist. Um, but yeah, it looks like the public are free-flowing again. Aerial shot now, uh, high above. Um, looks like it's still blocked off to vehicles, but they're letting public maybe return to their workplaces, their offices. Yes, that's what it looks like to me. So we will try and keep you up to date with all that. Of course, the FIFA Women's World Cup gets underway tonight. Kickoff at 7, I think, isn't it, Sammy? 7 o'clock, the women's football ferns kick off tonight. I'll get you to look that up for me, champion. Thank you. Um, I think it's at 7 o'clock. And running alongside, and I don't know how this escaped my view. It is 7 o'clock. Thank you, Sammy. Um, there's a, an equalised speaker series is what it's called. And there's a lot of little offshoots of, of it as well. There's websites. There's, there's celebrity speakers like Proper proper big-name celebrities, both local names and international names. And I couldn't quite get my head around how it's all going to operate. So we've got her on the show today. She is the program consultant um, for Equalizer. Her name's Anna Bryan. I'm just going to introduce you, Anna. So I'm going to say, Anna, whoops, geez, turn that off, Sam. Turn that off. Sorry about that, Anne. Sorry about that, Anne. We'll take a breath. We'll take a breath. Susu Studio, Phil Collins. We don't have on here. We have Anna O'Brien. I'm just going to say, Anne, Equalize. Talk to me. Sounds fantastic, Kiora. Lovely to talk to you. Yes, well, Equalize is what we say is it's a free speaker series across the country using a gender equity lens. And the idea is to bring a bunch of extraordinary women. We have over 53 wahine uh, from sport, but also from science and business and arts and culture to discuss their journeys, their successes and the challenges they've faced along the way as a prompt for us all to think about what this Women's World Cup means in a wider social context of gender equity. Yes, and we, of course, are mainly a sports station, and I was looking through your list of speakers, and I was going, man, you've done a good job at corralling these. Dame Valerie Adams, Sarah Kelly Ross, Ruahe Dement, uh, Mary Fisher, our wonderful para-swimmer, uh, Mia Motu, who we've had on the show, Ruby Tui, who we've had on the show, and then mix that in with, um, as you say, singers and, and politicians and just these amazing, powerful women. Natalie Portman, the Hollywood superstar, is part of this series as well, and the fact that really um, dwelled on me is you've thrown the doors open and these are free to go and for people to take their, their boys, their girls, their partners, their girlfriends, their boyfriend, whatever, you can go and listen to these inspiring people for free. Absolutely. I mean, the idea is this is absolutely for everyone. These conversations, these women have done extraordinary things. They're not restricted to being women. It is actually a, a show where we want everyone to engage with this conversation today and then to come out of those buildings and be inspired about how we make change for the future, how we make life really sing. And as you say, we've got these extraordinary sportswomen, but we've taken the view that actually the, the challenges that you face in the sporting arena, and we are a sporting nation often, are the challenges 
challenges we face in all sorts of arenas. So there is no difference between that and what you find at the board table or in education or walking down the street. And so actually we wanted this program to be intergenerational. So we've got, for instance, Nahuya Te Awakotoku. Now she is one of the leaders of the feminist movement in the 1970s in New Zealand. And then we've got people like Robinson and Georgia Lyons and Arizona Ledger, young women doing Alexia Hilbertito, doing extraordinary things, putting them on stage together so they can compare and contrast their journeys. We wanted it to be diverse. We wanted to reflect both New Zealand and internationally, Māori, Pacifica, Asian New Zealanders, as well as Pākehā, and we wanted to put that cross-discipline in place. So, you know, we've got this great session finishing off our Wellington event where we have Teresa Gadding from business, Bit Runga from music, uh, Monique Fiso, who is a, you know, three-hatted chef, really sort of tough environment working in the in the in the kitchen as a chef. And then we have Becca Roo, US Players Association, fought the battle for pay parity for US women's footballers. Line them all up together and let's connect those dots and really um, deliver some energizing and inspiring stuff. I, I know you 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 will you will get and you would like a diverse audience. What what is your desire for the attendees to go away with? Well, we want them to go away both actually having had a great day, so this is going to be an entertaining, energising day. We want them to sort of know that the football's on and engage with that as a plus one for what they're doing. But we also want them to go away thinking about how do we make the world better, more equitable for girls and women into the future. And we are actually going to ask each one of our guests during these days, what would you tell your younger self, your younger wahine, uh, that would change how, you know, to enable you to thrive in the world? So that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to entertain you. We're looking to inform you a little bit. And we're looking to send you out into the world just with a wider kind of consciousness of the experiences of different people and how we can all come together. And sport is such a great touchstone for that, how we can all come together and actually just make things Could I put to you that I think it sounds like it's just as important for men and boys to go to this as mums and daughters? Absolutely. Change can't be driven (laughs) by one bunch of people. Change has to be driven by everyone. And this is really important. As much as I, I used to run a writer's festival, and what I used to say is the way that we come to know what it is to experience the world in someone else's shoes is to help get them to tell us a story. You know, in the writer's festival world, that was through a book, and we used to use conversations on stage. I can't know what it is to be you unless you tell me and you use language to do that. And so this is a conversation where each of us gets to learn about people are different. Some wahine are different from other wahine. Girls are different from boys and so on and so forth. And we need that to be a conversation for everyone. I also do want to add that we're actually supporting school uh, rangatahi to attend all of these. So our target is 25% in each location. And we're bringing in secondary students to be part of that general audience as well. Because not only do we want boys and men and with girls and women, but we want to make sure that younger generations have really kind of got the tools that they need and feel that they have the support that they need to go out and and make change in the world. Because I'm just looking at, um, and I'm going to pick on the, the, the sports people because that's who would resonate with our particular audience here. Yep. 
Dame Val, Dame Val Adams. We marvelled at her every four years at the Olympics and then every four years at the Commonwealth Games. But we don't. We know she's had struggles. We know she's fought against some barriers. But we don't really know. We can go along and listen to her. And not. I've just picked her out. But Rua Haytamont, wonderful rugby player, captain of our world champions. I don't know anything about her. This is our opportunity. That's your opportunity. And Miyamoto, I just think, is an extraordinary woman. You know, she's the super world bantamweight champion, became that in April of this year. She's a mother of five, and she's the survivor of 10 years of domestic violence. So her journey, her successes have had have seen her have to navigate a whole lot of challenges. Uh, so this is a chance for, pe- for us to celebrate them, to give that love to them, but to hear their story and to understand that nobody, nobody achieves on their own, and nobody achieves without challenge uh, and actually challenges are different for every single person and this is a chance to share in that conversation. Righto, sell us even though you're not selling anything because it's free where do we go to find out where the program is because I know it's not just in Auckland and not just in Wellington, it's across the country tell us where to go Okay, so just briefly, the program has been delivered in each of the fan festival zones in Dunedin, Wellington, Hamilton and Auckland. Uh, the full program and details about all 53 speakers are on the Eyes On website. That's Eyes On, E-Y-E-S-O-N dot N-Z forward slash Equalize. You can pull down a schedule, a PDF schedule. You can see all of the programs for each of the centres, and there is a bio and a beautiful picture of each of our wahine. And you can just dig your way through the program and uh, get it in your diaries. Get down there with your family, your whanau, and uh, be part of Equalize. Love it, and uh, you've put together a really good program here. I'm quite enthused uh, with my very quick look through it. I'm going to dive in a little bit deeper and see if I can get to one of the Auckland ones, actually. Um, Anna Bryan from, um, let's call it Equal Ice. I know you've got a lot of sub subgroups as well, but the Equal Ice program is absolutely brilliant. Thanks heaps for chatting to us today. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Don't know what it is, Sam. What's that tune? No idea. It sounds like the theme tune for something. It sort of does, actually. Could be a World Cup song. Last World Cup. I don't know. Let's ask this the expert. We have an in-studio guest. Doesn't get bigger than this. <laughs> Strap yourself in, you Zim. We're going to hear from her regularly during the Football World Cup, the FIFA Women's World Cup. Which gets on its way. It's slightly tarnished today with the events in the CBD. And my understanding is that uh, the Norway team, who are playing New Zealand tonight, are in the hotel next door to that. So they would have been rattled a little bit. So they've got a little bit of um, refocusing to do. But um, having just seen the live pictures coming through, the CBD looks like it's open to foot traffic initially. Uh, drop my pen. And um, vehicles probably not too far away. I can see the New Zealand head of police uh, addressing the media now. So any updates, we will bring them to you. But Casey, SENZ's uh, events marketing activation guru, high-level football player, and just been so excited for the countdown for this Football World Cup, Casey. We're going to get you up. Sam, should we try and, and organise a contract now to get her on maybe on the daily? 
Uh, I'm not sure we've got the budget, but we can <laughs> definitely pencil it in. Mm. There's not someone, I can tell you right now, there is no one more fizzed in this, I would say in the world actually, <laughs> certainly in New Zealand, than Casey Berry for the Women's Football World Cup, which gets underway this evening. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this day, day one of the tournament, not for the games, but just to see Casey <laughs> and you're excited. It's exciting though, isn't it, Casey? All jokes aside. Oh yeah, it's so exciting and I can't believe it is finally here. Um, I've, I feel like a 10-year-old again, like just the excitement of just all of it, the tournament, all the teams, of course, the US and pulling forward, but just the whole thing kind of reduces me to a, a kid, like that childlike joy and excitement. USA, USA. Exactly, Sammy, you got it down. USA. I'm going to wear my USA <laughs> top when I, you know, when New Zealand, you know, get get kicked out. I'll wear my USA top. <laughs> I, I am in my New Zealand you're gear today. You're wearing a New Zealand yeah. football, is that New Zealand football fans or just football? It's actually yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, just New Zealand, yeah. it's actually a very cool top. It, um, Molly Steinmetz was the initial owner um, who is a midfielder for the Ferns. Um, so, yeah, representing Molly at today. Have you ever, have, have, just quickly, have you ever been to a World Cup you know, like, has it been up in the states? Um, it was in the states in 1999 um, when we won our second one, but that I was not there. The championship game was at the you Rose were about Bowl. two. No, so nah, I'm no a little bit be. older than yeah. that. I was ten, but I will never ever ever forget that moment when we won. But I did um, attend in Vancouver in 2015, um, the final U.S. versus Japan, where the U.S. won five two. So yeah, I've already seen my home country win a World Cup once, which is wow. pretty special. Now you've been to a few of the um, like they open up for media to go and have chats, and you went to the American one, you went to the New Zealand one, uh, the US and Norway's. Oh, US and Norway. Um, what what's what's the vibe you get from the teams about being on the other side of the world? That probably I would imagine none of them have ever been here before, and they're here doing a World Cup. Well, the U.S. actually came in January kind of to do a, a run-through of what it was going to be like. Right. I don't think all the other national teams had that same luxury that the U.S. did. Um, but even just chatting with them, they're happy to be here, loving the hotel they're in, um, obviously in a few more layers than they would be back home at the moment. Um, even the Norway girls were saying that they were cold. <laughs> I'm like, hang on. <laughs> um, obviously, it's summer for them. But, um, yeah, no, they all just seem really excited to be here. Um Every World Cup tries to build on the one before it, and I know that they're all expecting it to be the best World Cup um, we've seen. Pretty good double header tonight. Um, I do, do want to cover both, actually. But New Zealand, um, they're afforded, I was going to say no chance, little chance, uh, $8 underdogs, Norway $1.25, the draw $5.50. I'd imagine Norway have been exposed in recent times to a lot better level of international football than what the Ferns have. Yeah, I mean, they would have had to qualify through Europe, which is um, a hard test to do in itself. Um, but look, there's a reason why you play the game. Um, anything could happen tonight, especially on New Zealand's home turf in front of forty to 50,000 fans that I assume the majority of them will be cheering for the Ferns. So look, if New Zealand can keep it within two goals tonight, I think they set themselves up to potentially try to get out of the group, um, but they need to keep it close tonight. So pre-tournament, that's our goal, get out of the group. That That's a win. Yeah, I think um, their first goal would probably be to get a group stage win, to get a win, and if they can make that happen, then they could potentially look to to get out to the round of 16. I hate to ask you a question you might not know the answer to. Who's the other games in our, in, in our group, in New Zealand's group? So we've got Norway tonight. Yep, um, Philippines and Wellington, and then Switzerland and Dunedin. So they'll target the Philippines to get a win, yep. try and get a draw somewhere. I'll try and get three wins. I know that. Yep. Um, could, could a win, a draw, and a loss get you through? Yeah, uh, but it'll come down to goal differential, which is important for them to not – 
get too many scored against them this evening. And yeah, if they can beat the Philippines, which, which they'll have to do, it'll set up for a game three of uh, pretty much winner takes all um, to advance out, I would imagine. So we need goals. We definitely need goals. Um, we've got a bit of a, well, it's a bit unfair to call them veterans, but Hannah Wilkinson, been around a long time, uh, plays Melbourne City. FC, uh, we've got India Page Riley, um, Millie Clegg, the very, very, what she's 17, 18. Um, we've seen her with the Phoenix Tall um, and Paige Satchel, Jackie Hand. So we've got some, got some old hands, hey Jackie, <laughs> and um, we've got some youngsters too. <sighs> who do we look for to get our goals? Who, who's, who's got our best, our best boot? Um, yeah, like you say, Jackie Hand, um, Rhea Percival, Betsy Hassett, um, yeah, Hannah Wilkinson will be up top. Um, but you never know where it could come from. CJ Bott, uh, coming up from the back, um, likes to attack from her defensive position. Um, I haven't, I don't think they've released the starting 11 yet, so I'm not 100% sure how that midfield's going to shape up. But, um, look, it could be anybody tonight, but, um, yeah, it would be awesome to have them score a goal in front of, um, that crowd tonight. Erin Naylor, a long time, has been our top pick for um, goalkeeper, our number one goalkeeper. Um, she's had injury concerns, I, I understand as well. Who do you think they'll go into? Who, who would be our top goalkeeper between Essen, Naylor, and Leet? I think it'll be Essen, um, just from she started against Vietnam, and I imagine they would have tried to replicate a starting 11 as close as possible. They did have another closed door match against um, Italy. Oh, I'm not positive who started that, but I think Essen might have been a goal. I was talking to someone a couple of months ago, and they've been watching the Ferns and their build-up, knowing that we'd qualified as hosts. Um, so it's a nice saloon passage, and and they just said they're going to have to change their style. They're going to have to change the way they play. They don't they don't go forward enough. A little bit defensive, uh, reluctant to change. Do you think we might see a change of style? Potentially, but look t- for the Ferns. They pretty much have a clean slate now. Like, if they come into the World Cup and they play well, then everybody forgets about what's happened um, in the past. Against Vietnam, the first half, they looked like a completely different team, re-energized, fit, ready to go. You could see some belief and just that hard work um, that sometimes felt like it had been missing in in games previous. But, um, look, it's a World Cup. I'm sure they have something up their sleeve and they've been scouting their opponents. They know um, they're going to have their hands full with Norway. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, defensively, offensively, everything needs to click um, to be successful in this tournament, and uh, hopefully they they have a plan. Australia play later on tonight against the Republic of Ireland. Similar pricing there. Um, the the white ferns, uh, sorry, the football ferns, ferns whites. Oh, just there's so many different names. Anyway, football ferns eight dollars. Republic of Ireland are nine dollars. Gosh, I wish we were a dollar twenty two tonight, like Australia. But the Matildas at home. They will be expecting, and their sporting public will be expecting for them to go a long, long way in this tournament. Yeah, I'm excited to watch the Matildas. Um, They played France the other night for their final send-off match uh, in front of a 50,000-person sold-out crowd and notched a victory, 1-0, and they looked good. Um, I know everybody just wants to play those matches and get out of them without any injuries, uh, which they did. France, unfortunately, did not. But um, I'm really excited to see what they can do. Ireland, it's their World Cup debut. They're happy to be there. They know their backs are against the wall. They don't have anything to lose, to be honest. So they're probably just looking out, look, looking to go out there and try to get a result, similar to New Zealand tonight. But, um, yeah, Aussie, the Matildas are the Golden Girls over there. So um, if they can start winning a few games, it's going to be pretty wild over there. 
Where are the strong football leagues for women in the world? Like we know in the US there's a strong football league. We we see our Australian league. Um, many of the big clubs in England, your Arsenal, your Man United, your Leicester's, but in Scotland as well. So when you get players, I mean, you've played in the Champions League up in Europe. Do, do, do those countries like Norway, Sweden, Switzerland have their own local leagues and, and are they strong? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Swedish League has been up there as one of the strongest for a while. They've been around for quite some time. The French League, they've poured money into their women's game a long time before a lot of the other leagues caught up, I think. Um, but yeah, US, England, France, Sweden, Germany has their own, um, Spain has their own. So yeah, everyone's kind of finally rising to the occasion and that's you're seeing it pay off in their national teams across Europe um, and across the rest of the world. People are starting to catch up. I'll probably ask you this a lot, but we haven't had a game yet. Mm. We haven't had a game. Um, you know the draw reasonably well, mm. reasonably yep. well. What, what's the most likely, I'm not going to hold you to it, but what's the most <laughs> likely top four come semi-final time? Yeah, I was looking at this yesterday, actually. Um, like US, Sweden, Germany, England, you could swap in France, Australia, Brazil, Canada, like you kind of have a handful of like five or six that could really make a run. Uh, just kind of depends on what happens. I think this will be the most competitive World Cup we've seen and a lot of teams that maybe you're not expecting much of will surprise us. So I could sit here and tell you right now, I think it'll be these four teams, but I think we're in for a few surprises. But I think too, England and US look the two strongest before a game's been played. Yeah, England unfortunately has suffered injuries to three of their key players so they may not be as favored as they once were but um look it's still England at the end of the day and they will definitely compete for the title um just seeing if these texts are about the football they're not um okay well we're going to stay in touch. You, oh, I was going to say you going to the game tonight <laughs> stupid question <laughs> stupid question Steph. um 40,000 are they saying 40 to 50 I think yeah I haven't heard the the official number but yeah, it'll be pretty packed tonight. Now, I talked about, um, we've had everyone saying, go and buy a ticket, go and buy a ticket, go and buy a ticket. And I keep saying, like, New Zealanders, they'll walk up. They'll walk up. And I heard you can't walk up and buy a ticket at the ground. But you can get online and buy a ticket an hour before you go. You'll get sent the email with the barcode. So it's like walking up. <laughs> if you really need to walk up, walk to Eden Park. And when you're on Walters Road, get out your phone, buy one online, and then scan it. Exactly. So you can still walk up. It is pretty much the same thing. Go and join Casey and, I don't know, 45,000 other people. You will remember it. And we got a text from someone uh, yesterday, and they're part of the opening ceremony at Eden Park. And they said, I can't tell you much about it because they're sworn to secrecy. But Benny is singing the World Cup theme mm. song, and she said, it is spectacular. So, yes, we'll see it on TV, but be a part of it, because the atmosphere you will feel through your whole body, you won't just see with your eyes if you stay at home and watch TV. Here's me telling people to go, but do go, <laughs> do go. It's going to be a ripper tonight, KCA. Absolutely, yeah, I can't wait, and yeah, get amongst it, it'll be awesome. Yes, adrenaline, adrenaline for the next few weeks as the FIFA Women's World Cup is here in New Zealand and Australia, massive doubleheader tonight, 7 o'clock is uh, New Zealand against Norway, and then we have Australia against the Republic of Ireland, what a doubleheader to kick us all off with. USA, USA, USA. When's their first game, Sam? Um, Seeing you're their big supporter. It's against Vietnam on Saturday. USA!
USA! USA! <laughs> Got you here tonight. Please take me to the news. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, turn the mic on and then just do sort of a half cough sneeze. Um, I talked about the text we got from Josh saying, how does Josh Clarkson continue to be overlooked by the Black Cap selectors? Someone's text in support of you, Josh, saying that last text was 100% on. Uh, it's his form for CD. It is unbelievable. Saw him single-handedly smash Canterbury when they were in real trouble and he did the same time and time and time again. So you got support there, Josh. Staffy, sad day for Auckland and everyone involved. On a rugby point, Auckland are taking their round seven game against the Waikato to Pakuranga Rugby Club. That will be interesting to see how it goes. Cheers, kid. I like that. I'd like to see more of that. I saw the, the Ramfurly Shield game was at the Hut Rec yesterday. And I remember going to a Phoenix game at the Hut Rec when they couldn't use the stadium. And it was a fantastic atmosphere there. Small, boutique ground, but it was packed. With 5,000 people. Put 5,000 people in the Wellington Stadium. Looks like there's no one. Crickets. Crickets. We are going to do a little bit of a TAB update now. Um, TAB.co.nz. But it's even simpler. You just download the app and it sits there in a tile on your phone. Android, iPhone, uh, Nokia, uh, Motorola, Blackberry. Well, Blackberries don't have those. Um, is there even Blackberries anymore? So much sport to get through, but the big highlight is obviously the FIFA Women's World Cup getting underway tonight. Joining us out of the TAB, I haven't spoken to him for a time. He's not there. He's not there. Oh, I saw his name up there. Oh, he's not up there. He didn't answer the phone. Um, I'll wait. I'll, actually, I'll give you some of the um, TAB odds for the um, New Zealand-Norway game as we wait to find out who from the TAB is prepared to talk to me. Um, league position live. So they're saying New Zealand... Oh, I see. New Zealand are at... Is he there now? Oh, who have we got? We have got... Pumawati! Oh, Paulie! Long time! <laughs> Indeed, it has been Steph. <laughs> oh, chief! Uh, we've just done a big 15-minute build-up of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Very sad news what's happening on in Auckland and uh, Norway. The team Norway were in the hotel right next door to where the shooting was going on, so they're probably, um, they'll probably they be um, affected to some degree, I'd imagine. But the show goes on. Everyone's safe. The roads are back open. New Zealand, $8. Draw, five fifty. 125 Norway, and don't know if I'm brave enough to take New Zealand at eight, but the 550 with a packed Eden Park, maybe, maybe that gets me. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Um, look, and we've had to shorten them in uh, the uh, football ferns into eight dollars, they were closer to ten dollars at the beginning of the week. Um, but just with the uh, amount of action that we've seen on the football ferns, and particularly this morning, um, so I guess it's a typical Kiwi thing. We do things at the last minute. Um, we, you know, we, we go to the game at the last minute and then complain about taking so long to get in to see the game. Um, well, we've taken a while to back the football ferns, but now they are starting to back them. So they're now into $8. Norway have drifted from around $1.22 this morning, now out to $1.25. Um, we've got all sorts of promotions around the World Cup as well. We've got a, a correct score bonus back uh, promotion. 
that's uh, on the correct score market. So all you have to do is place a uh, a bonus uh, a bet on the correct score, mm-hmm. and if your team wins but you've got the wrong score, we'll give you a bonus bet up to fifty dollars. Um, so Seriously? if you think New Zealand, you bet hundred percent. Stab. That's on every game at the uh, Women's Football World Cup. So, but it'll be um, your first some... bet. It'll be your first bet, won't it? First bet. Yes, your first bet is the one that counts. So, mm. um, if if you like the football ferns, um, you think they might sneak a one nil win. Um, that's paying twenty one dollars at the moment. But most punters have had a look at the Norwegians, um, and the most popular score uh, for the Norwegians so far has been two one at seven fifty. So, if they win two one. You, you win your bet, and if uh, they don't, but they win, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $50, as long as it was your first bet, pre-game as well, so before the game kicks off. So wow. that's on every game. So there are some very one-sided games um, in the first round. Um, so you might, you know, you can pick USA to win 8-0 or 9-0 or something and be safe in the fact that if they do win, but not by the score that you've got, it's a free shot. You've got a bonus bet. It's a free shot. Yeah, it's, it, 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 I don't want to say it's a free shot, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much pretty much is there. The one I really like, and I'm just hurriedly trying to find it, it's the one, and I've taken it myself, a $20 one, is you take an outright winner bet and every game they win, you get a $10 bonus bet. So I put 20 bucks on Germany because Ricardo Ball told me they've got the easiest <laughs> group, so I'll get th- at least three $10 bets. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, I can tell you, uh, in that outright market, which is where you have to place your bet to qualify uh, for the hot streak bonus, um, the best back team, no surprise, is the defending champs, the United States uh, of America. Uh, I think they're around 350 at the moment. They We've taken more money on them than we've taken on all the other teams put together in that outright winner market. So they have been very, very popular with punters. Uh, and as you say, if you if, if your first bet, and I think it's a minimum twenty dollar bet, um, your first bet is on the um, United States in that outright winner market, uh, then every game that they win, you'll get a ten dollar bonus bet after after the game. So, yeah, you've taken Germany. I like the Matildas. Mm. I think their home crowd is going to get the um, get get them to rise to new heights, and they've had a very very good run into this tournament, and they've got one of the best players in the world up front, and Sam Kerr. Um, who I've also backed to be the golden boot mine. So oh, I'm all on the Matildas. <laughs> I, I want to go to the British Open, and this is going to seem a bit weird, but have you got a risk manager in front of you? I have. Good. Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, top European player, excluding Great Britain and Ireland. So it's the top continental European player market. Top, let me see. Which top is underneath the top Asian player market. Uh, yeah, but that's not how it appears in, uh, oh. in the back end of the system. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's search for continental first. Yes, continental. Top uh, continental. Top continental European. Yep, yes. here we are. Who's had money on them in that market? Uh, oh, I'm looking at round one. You, are you looking at the um, overall Top, tournament? Ooh, tournament, yeah. Okay, yep, yep, cool. Hold on. Top European. <laughs> there we go. Yes, yes, it's yes. It's that sort of system. So you want to know who we've got the most money on? Yeah, well, the biggest liability. The biggest liability is, it's like a Frenchman, and of course it would be the one that I can't pronounce, Romain Langas, Langasque. Langasque. And you know what? Langasque. We had, we had the UK's best golf tips on it, and he told us that's the bet. 
<laughs> so I was just seeing if anyone had taken it. <laughs> yeah, it's a big red line, uh, and it sticks out on the computer screen. Magnificent. Uh, yeah. Magnificent. And don't forget, there's a couple of Kiwis in there. Mm. Um, Ryan Fox, who's I think around $76 or $67, $76 to win um, the Open Championship Royal Liverpool. And Daniel Lydiard at a um, Daniel Lydiard um, Daniel Hillier Daniel Hillier <laughs> Daniel Hillier <laughs> at two hundred and fifty one, and here's our worst result, Daniel Hillier. Oh, just take Ryan Fox to lead after round one. He's got a very early tee off time. He's paying fifty one. Goes out, shoots six under, has a bacon and egg toasted sandwich, goes back to his hotel. And and then one gets up in the afternoon, That's and it. they all the boys struggle from then on. That's it. Champion, Mo. Uh, oh, it's awesome to chat to you again, mate. Great to hear you. Very good to chat to you too, Steph. Have a good one, mate. Plenty on, of course, the Ashes. And don't forget the uh, Waz Friday Ooh. night, Mount Smart. Go remain. See you, mate. See you, mate. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, see, I didn't tell him. Remain Langaskay. It's got the biggest liability on it. Happy days. We will take a break. We'll come back and find out what's making news. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Tell me, Tim. I'll tell you exactly what's making news around the world. Um, had a little listen to Hoskin this morning, actually, because of obviously the breaking news in Auckland and just wanted to get the latest. And, uh, yeah, he was... Um, he was quite entertaining. Um, anyway, what else is making news around the world, folks? And, look, uh, I, never, I always am conscious of uh, the jovial nature of this particular segment there of course is a lot of uh, harrowing news going on at the moment but this is just a chance to uh, have a little bit of fun staff and uh, maybe bring a smile on your doll so uh, what else is making news around the world well I can tell you uh, that a man by the name of Tembu Ibede Tembu Ibede he is uh, from Nigeria <clears throat> and uh, he has lost his sight well he lost his sight for 45 minutes staff after he attempted to break the world record for crying. We've all had those uh, moments, haven't we, when we've uh, cried our eyes out. But the uh, the, the Nigerian man, Tembu Abedi, uh, temporarily blinded himself after a seven-day sob fest. His, uh, his sight obviously did return, uh, but he struggled with intense headaches and a swollen face throughout the record-breaking attempt. The worst part of the whole thing, Staff, uh, is that um, he hasn't actually applied to the Guinness World Records. So it's likely that the feet won't actually count. Oh, he didn't go that, through the process. Tell me how he cried. For now, second. apparently it's really, it's becoming a bit of a thing in Nigeria for people to chase world records. And this is where this has come from. So um, many Nigerians attempt, uh, are attempting to break records at the moment. It was uh, a top chef earned a Guinness World Record in Nigeria by cooking for an incredible 93 hours and 11 minutes straight. And that's like inspired a whole bunch of Nigerians to sort of be like, hey, what, what record can I break? 
And for Timbu Ibedi, uh, he thought he'd break the record for crying. Uh, over seven days he went. I don't even know how you do that. How do you cry for seven days? You don't sleep and you just just, get cry. just watch some sad movies. and. But you don't cry constantly. I don't know. Wow, he went blind because of it. Jeez. But he's got his sight back, which is the, good, which is the main thing. He might, he may, maybe you go for round two, get the Guinness World Records actually there, and then he can get it registered and get himself a certificate. Mm. Participation. It really is a participation certificate, isn't it? A Guinness it World Record. Yeah, That's it all is. it is. It's, it's, it's to say you've done a thing. That no one else has done yeah. for as long. Yeah. You don't get, well, I guess you do get first place, but really it's a participation certificate. Draymond Green. A lot of uh, drama going on between him and Jordan Poole at the moment. So you remember they had a little scuffle last year? Yes. And then I, I didn't quite dig into the story this morning, but like one, of, like I think it was Jordan Poole's dad came out and said some stuff, and Draymond's gone at the dad, and it's like there's a whole beast developing. Now, Draymond, unfortunately, has suffered, I'm going to say, a genuine mistake that I think a lot of us could suffer from, Steph. And that was when, this is a bit of a red flag, NBA Central, not Central, NBA Central tweeted, Kevin Garnett calls out Draymond Green, quote-unquote. Draymond punching JP is like a senior punching a freshman who is half his size and then walks around talking himself up as if he's like that. Come try me, Dre. That's the quote from Kevin Garnett. Now, Draymond Green obviously took exception to it. He retweeted it, Steph, with the quote, I tried you when I was a rookie, KG, and you started talking to yourself like I wasn't talking to you. What's that like? The freshman picking on a senior citizen that's double his size? Kevin Garnett found that tweet and sent it out saying, mate, that's not even a real account. And they've just fabricated that story. I've got oh, nothing against wow. you. And then he blamed Elon Musk for what's going on on Twitter. Oh but poor old Draymond Green, in the space of a day, has got fallen foul with a lot of Golden State Warriors fans. He's fallen foul with Jordan Poole and his dad. Now he's uh, fallen for a Twitter trap, uh, courtesy of a fake blue tick, which apparently is quite easy to, to, to garner anyway. You just pay the money, right? Mm. Um, and finally, my favourite story of the day, <coughs> a US college, ironically named... Sunny Morrisville. Now it's S U N Y. It might be SUNY, but Sunny Morrisville, right? It's a Division Three uh, college in the NCAA. Now they've just uh, unveiled a brand new state-of-the-art uh, turf for their football team, soccer, mm, nice. um, you know, field hockey. They play everything on these turfs. Now they thought they'd be a bit clever, staff, and install one of these coloured turfs, not just green, but you know, Boise State has the blue turf, yep, and yep. other colleges have you know red or whatever. They thought we're going to be different here. We're going to do something clever. We're going to install a black turf. Oh, no. Not, I would say not thinking about what is going to happen in Morrisville, New York, when the sun's coming down it's gonna, in spring and autumn, and you have to walk out there with your black boots on, and you, you hear the... <laughs> as you stick to the bottom, because turf gets pretty hot as it is. There's little rubber, black rubber pellets on it. It gets pretty hot as it is. Mm. I don't think they really thought about that one, Steph. And, I mean, obviously it's going viral now because everyone's like, hey, imagine having a run out on that thing. Imagine getting knee grazers on that. Yeah. It'd be at 120 degrees. Um, I do have a fact for you, but, you know, it's it's actually quite similar to yesterday's Q, oh, Q and the line. Oh, I yesterday's so, one. Yeah, should I save it for you? Save it for me. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Now, I said yesterday that the word Q was a Q with, a, with four silent letters all waiting in line, which yes. I thought was quite funny. So it. how about this? If you replace the W, there's a fact of the day, people, by the way. If you replace the W with a T in what, where, and when, you get the answer to each of them. That, there, 
What we what were the forwards? What we win. What we win. That there then. What we win? That there then. That's really good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Eh? That's pretty good. That's oh, pretty good. Fact of the day is just—it's growing. Oh, it's global, man. We could—I well, think we could podcast it just on its own every day, just twenty seconds. Maybe we should fact of the downloaded. day its own Instagram page. Uh, that might run me into legal trouble since I get every fact from a page that is literally called Fact of the Day on Instagram. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I revealed all my secrets. Yes, you did. Righto, uh, Tony Johnson, Sky Sport Rugby Man. He'll be joining us after the news at two. We'll go through the All Blacks, the Wallabies, the Zaggins, the whole shebang after the news. Welcome back in. Uh, very soon we're going to talk to Tony Johnson out of Sky Sport. There is some international rugby on uh, this weekend, a game I'm very much looking forward to. Three o'clock tomorrow afternoon, uh, Fiji taking on Tonga. Is it on TV here? I'd imagine it would be. Doesn't Normally when I go on the Tribe app is a great app, by the way. The Tribe app gives me everything I need to know, but it normally has where it's on TV. There's a little logo under it, but it's, there's not one there for that. Uh, it'll be somewhere because I am going to watch it. Uh, Japan play Samoa at 5.50 on Saturday. Also Saturday. Oh, no, then that's it for this weekend, actually. And then next weekend, Samoa, Fiji in Samoa. Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Tonga, Scotland, Italy. Oh, South Africa, Argentina. Uruguay, Chile, there's a lot of international rugby coming. Boy, oh, boy, and weren't we dished up a pretty damn satisfactory uh, game by the All Blacks, uh, particularly that first, what was it, 20 odd minutes the Shannon Frizzell, uh, the master class by the interaction between Moonga and Barrett, um, but I'll get a man that knows a lot more about the intricacies of it than me, Sky Sports Tony Johnson joins us now, TJ pretty damn satisfying All Blacks performance last weekend Well yeah, the, the first two weeks of the Rugby Championship I think you could say that about them both because you know that was a, a, a tricky start to the campaign the, mm. to, to go to Argentina and I think I have to say that the idea of taking the whole squad whereas you know the Springboks opted for that split squad scenario I think um, obviously Ian Foster and his team felt that it was better to have everyone together working off the same page uh, and that certainly was vindicated and less so what uh, Rassi Erasmus and, and um, you know the South African crew decided to do. I, I, I'm not sure that that worked all that well. So I think they got their strategy right because you know tricky start flying over there. It's a, it, it's a challenging time shift then to come back to New Zealand and face a, a, a Springbok team where they sent what 13 of their front liners straight straight to Auckland. Mm. Uh, it's the manner in which they've done it. I think that's got everyone pretty excited. I think, you know, obviously it's still a long way to go. I, I think what's nice about it, Staffy, is that we just enjoy it for what it was. Two really good performances, never mind about the, 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 the big picture, but there's also been some encouraging signs there as well. 
2022 will go down as one of our least inspiring seasons for an, for a number of reasons. They haven't played since the end of last year. Um, so what is that? Six, seven, eight months since the All Blacks played. What changed apart from mindset? Because I saw a massive mindset shift, particularly uh, at uh, Mount Smart. What what do you see as the main changes? Well, yeah, I, I think definitely there's a, a confidence, you know, that they're, they're backing themselves. But I, I think they've made some changes uh, to the structure of their attacking play in, in, in particular. Um, you know, for a start, one of the more obvious ones is that we're no longer seeing props taking the ball at first receiver and throwing passes out the back that might go to land, might go to hand, or, or might just hit the intended receiver in the face. Um, you know, they, they had sort of mixed success about that. seems to have gone. Someone who knows a lot more about it than me suggests that they've changed the, the system of pods that they were using in attack. And they're very, what, what I'm seeing is that uh, they're creating uh, more opportunities just through um, clever movement of the ball in the back line, some nice handling stuff. They're freeing the ball into space. And one of the ways they're doing it is these nice little wraparounds that they've been working. McKenzie did it well. Uh, obviously, we saw that combination uh, of Richie Maunga, uh, Geordie Barrett, but also when he came into first receiver, Bowden Barrett doing it as well. And that, the effect of that is that, that the little wraparound seemed to be just drawing a defender and creating some space on the outside. And when you've got lethal ball runners like the All Blacks have got the likes of, you know, Jordan in particular um, but, but you know, Talia um, whoever's popping up on, on the wing uh, just giving them a bit of space is really going to open things up but none of that works unless you've got a forward pack that's going forward mm. and you know, what, I, what I like about that is just, you know, they, they went through periods where they did a lot of relentless pick and go and uh, it wasn't just forwards, you know, you saw Rico Ioane get, am- get amongst it a couple of times to Leah, we know he's capable of doing it. just, you know, keeping the defence either backpedalling or off balance and, you know, you can have all of the uh, the rush defence or smothering defence in the world, but if you're backpedalling, if you're constantly off balance or on the back foot defensively you know, you, you can't employ it to any um, effective degree, so yeah, I, I think they've definitely made some changes to their attacking structure. I think they had a plan right from the word go. I, I think they had a feeling about who the, 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 the you know the core members of their back line were going to be. They've stuck with that. Coming off pretty well. Obviously, there's some things they need to work on. I mean, in both games, they got off to a great start and, and then went through a period where the opposition sort of came back at them, started getting some points. No, they'll be, they'll be um, working on that as well, but... Uh, when you consider, you know, the next challenge is obviously keeping the bladders low cup. You'd have to say they're, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, and I'd say the performances of Geordie and Rico, um, Bowden at 15, we could see some very, very good New Zealand rugby players, not part of a World Cup campaign. And I'm talking about Anton Leonard-Brown, uh, David Havili, Sean Stevenson, everyone's been crying for him, Will Jordan at fullback. There's, there's going to be some, some disappointment born out of the excitement of the success they've had. Yeah, look, it's probably quite important, you know, for the likes of uh, Lester Fang Anuku. I, I, I'd say that he, he's definitely going to going to be part of their plans, but they'll want to get him some game time. Anton Leonard Brown, of course, that that's a suspension mm. uh, that he's. It's not an injury situation, um, but I think he'll still be part of their mix. But having said that, I, I, you know, Braden Enor uh, has done a really solid job, but um, I, you know, I think Leonard Brown, with his experience and and, and also just the variations, a really good support player, 
um, you know, he, he'll be part of the mix as well. But but clearly, um, some players are going to you know be a bit unlucky. Um, and 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 uh, I mean, in, in a way, it, it, at least it's a, it's a good situation, and that you know that if quality gets injured, you've got quality backup as well. But yeah, sure, there are going to be some disappointments, but that's a problem you'd rather have than not have. Do you feel like there's uh, any answers or more questions about the makeup of our three halfbacks now, given the first two internationals? Uh, well, obviously, we haven't seen Cameron Roygaard uh, much in, a- in action. That, that I think that, that that's something they'll probably want to do. Uh, I-, I think they'll want to... Uh, the ideal plan would be, you know, if you can go to Melbourne, win there, you know, throw a little bit more or throw a few more spanners in, in the works with the Wallabies, because obviously <laughs> they've got a few issues at the moment. And then you can come back uh, to Auckland and, uh, uh, sorry, to uh, Dunedin, and then, you know, uh, look at maybe making a change. Yeah, I mean, that that best laid plans of mice and men, all that sort of thing. But, um, you know, that would probably get an opportunity, bring an opportunity in. But I would say at the moment that, that you know, that, that, that those are their three halfbacks and... and they, they probably won't want to deviate from that. But having, you know, said that, I mean, Brad Webb has been played really well in those two games for the All Blacks 15, and we know that there are others as well uh, who are capable of knocking on the door. But they'll be looking at Roy Gard. He'll be part of their systems. He'll be part, you know, he's obviously part of their training setup, and they'll, they'll be learning plenty about him without him actually being on the field. Let's put our South African glasses on, Tony, because I thought at the end of the game, actually, I just think tactically having their best forwards on the bench, I could see their game plan didn't come off with them. They'd got too far behind. The impact Malcolm Marks makes in every game he plays is incredible. Um, I wouldn't be too disheartened if I was a South African rugby supporter. They are the defending world champs, and I just feel like their eyes are on that prize. Yeah, um, I, to me, the keys to South Africa are actually two players who weren't involved in that test match. And, and uh, Andre Pollard is one, because mm. clearly uh, when he's not playing, they, they just don't function as well. And they've tried Yankees, they've tried Willems, so they've tried you know various players in that role. But the fact is that, that, that they, they need Andre Pollard to be part of the mix going into the World Cup, because A, he's a devastatingly good goal kicker, but he's also a good general as well. He suits the style of play that they that they want, and so uh, I, I think that's going to be that's going to be crucial. Sia Khaleesi as well. Um, you know his leadership. He seems to be an inspiring sort of player. So they'll be pretty keen to get him back in the mix. No question, they have got the firepower. I think they are an aging team, and and uh, you know we tend to overlook the fact that but guys like Van Newlin and uh, even Ettebeth. Um, you know, a lot of those guys, um, you know, they, they're on the other side of 30. Um, so that, that that's something that you have to bear in mind. But no, I, I'd look, it, they, they just got absolutely um, knocked onto the back foot by that opening onslaught by the All Blacks. And yes, when they brought the bomb squad on, as they call them, they, they were able to get some parity. But then the All Blacks still finished well as well. So mm. I think they've got some decisions to make. Uh, it's, you know... Even the best coaches, you know, the likes of Graham Henry and that will tell you, you've got to keep evolving. And whether, uh, you know, they made the decision that this has worked for us really well the last few years, this is going to be our plan for the World Cup as well. I'm not sure uh, what that uh, result at Mount Smart has done. It'll make the Springboks go back and have a little bit of a think about what they're doing. And it's going to be fascinating to see whether 
they they stay with that um, for the their remaining match, which is uh, against the Pumas. Yeah, the Pumas uh, and the Wallabies. Uh, earlier this week, we had former Wallaby coach John Connolly on, Knuckles Connolly, and he didn't hold back, pretty much saying, and I'll paraphrase, that Eddie Jones lost the plot and Australian rugby's a basket case. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I always thought it was a bit of a risk with Eddie Jones um, because... You know, Eddie Jones is the sort, he's going to go in there, he's going to want to change a whole lot of things. And whether they really had the right time frame to be able to do that, I'm not sure. Um, I think they've got a massive problem at 9 and 10. They they just can't figure out what their best options are. And, of course, uh, with Noah Lolosio heading off, that's reduced their options. I know know, people have been weighing into Quade Cooper. I I, I think that they've got a... um, take a punt on Carter Gordon uh, to me. There are just little bits about him, and I'm not saying he's the next Larkham, but there are just little bits about the way he plays that do remind you of, of, of a young Larkham uh, before he really developed into the, the great player that he was. And I think they've got to take a punt on that. And I, I wonder whether they might have to. Um, Mick White, to me, um, yeah, he, he, he's got the attributes, but whether he's got the temperament uh, whether he's consistent enough. So that, that's that's a big problem. I think getting Tupo back will help. Um, and the other thing too is, you know, Eddie Jones has got still got time on, on his hands to, to meld the likes of Skelton and Karevi back into the, into the mix of Rory Arnold after being selected from overseas. At the moment, you'd say that that decision hasn't really worked for them, but they've still got time. And I also think, you know, right from the word go, that I, I don't think Eddie Jones was probably too worried about winning the rugby championship. I think he wanted to just, you know, get his systems up and running. And I think probably all along his big his hope for the um, for this part of the year would be to, to, to try and win back the Bledisloe Cup because that would be a massive boost for Australia. And it would also be, you know, quite a setback for New Zealand. But things have simply not gone according to plan and you can see already the volatility of Eddie Jones, um, the way he got into that, uh, you know, a bit of a slanging match with uh, um, a reporter in South Africa, and we saw the headphones go flying on Saturday night. It, it's it, it to me, uh, it's just a, they're just entering a bit of a dangerous zone here. They could come out of it and come out of it really well. I think they've got the capability to win the World Cup. Um, you know, as, a, as an outsider, and they've certainly got the draw, but they don't want things getting any worse than they appear to be at the moment. We've seen in past World Cups, TJ, Argentina can mount a bit of a threat. They've made semi-finals in the past. Um, they've got a few older guys. They've got some very pacey and talented backs, but have they got enough of them to, um, to have a decent crack at the World Cup? And, and what have you made of them the first couple of weeks? I uh, actually uh, not too bad at all. Um, you know they they recovered from a, a not very good start and and you know had a decent go of it. Um, you know they played some reasonably good footy against the All Blacks and and I, you know that was a really good performance by them to to come back um, and, and beat Australia over the weekend. Um, no, no, they do and and I guess it's part of the national psyche when you consider you know football mad nation. Uh, all their players in football are scattered all over the world, but you know every four years they seem to be able to come together 
and, and pose a real threat at the FIFA World Cup. And they seem to have that same mindset with the Rugby World Cup as well. Last time in France, uh, they beat France in the first game, and I think they ended up in, in third place. Uh, you, you know, they, they were good. They made the semi-finals in 2015. They, they seem to be able to get it together. Uh, there's, there's a lot to like about um, the, the talent they've got in their back line. Um, uh, Matteo, the, 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 the left winger, uh, Carreras, he, boy, he, he's a, a devastating runner. Um, and they've got that big forward pack as well. The only problem is, I think, sometimes just controlling uh, the, the emotions and, and getting the discipline right, which has been a huge problem for Australia too. But they seem to respond to Michael Checker. Uh, you know, I, I think that come the World Cup, I, I think they're a team that no one will be able to take lightly. Last thing I want to talk to you about, of course, the All Blacks 15 have just been over and played a couple of games in Japan. We actually had Aidan Ross on the show yesterday. He really enjoyed the experience and um, good team culture, and he loved it, loved playing them over there. Um, sounds like we're going to get more and more uh, rugby relationship with Japan, with us here in New Zealand. Yeah, look, that was a really worthwhile gesture, um, or a venture, I should say, not gesture, venture taking that team up there. Because in a way, it was quite nice to see um, some guys who are leaving, uh, you know, uh, Brad Weber, uh, Jack uh, Goodhue, and uh, Alex Nankerville, three names that sort of spring to mind, just to give them a bit. uh, Peter Garcia Cooler, just a a last chance maybe to wear the black jersey or to keep themselves in frame. Uh, for for the All Blacks uh, for the, for the World Cup, I think that's probably more to the point. Um, but also a chance to you know give some some younger guys some energy. Like likes of Naitoa Akoi, you know, mm. you know really um, just been doing a terrific job for the Chiefs the last couple of years. Um, you know, the, getting the next sort of level in, into the idea of playing international rugby against a you know a, a, not a bad uh, Japan team and. They, they came together and got the job done nicely. What we're hearing now, uh, obviously, it had already been confirmed that the All Blacks will play there on the way to Europe next year. And the Māori All Blacks are going to go up in July during the uh, July international window. Um, I think it, it, it's good international gameplay for Japan, but I, I can't help but think, Staffy, that the, the, the root of it all uh, is probably the Silver Lake deal. Uh, it's, a, it's a massive market. Uh, Japan, uh, they'll, they'll want to see that market, you know, um, making, you know, making sort of more inroads, developing uh, a, a, a greater relationship um, with, with Japan. So I, I think that might be part of it. But I, I also think it's it's not just a cynical ploy to make money. I think there's there's value in it too from a rugby sense. Actually, you just mentioned a name in that last answer. Actually, was part of the All Blacks 15. Um, I want to ask you about some some texters actually put it put it to us as well about Jack Goodhue. Is the door you, you've said they've tried to keep the door open on their World Cup possibilities? Um, he was brilliant in, in the latter half of Super Rugby. Is he a chance, Jack Goodhue? Yeah, the, the, uh, the shame about Jack Goodhue is that he's just had a pretty rotten run with injuries, and I guess it's in a way it's down to the way he plays. He's very hard. He's very direct. He's got a good skill set as well. But, uh, the, you know, the, the, the fact that uh, they brought Dallas McLeod in uh, to have a look at him suggests that he, he's probably not in the front line of their thinking. Uh, but he's the sort of guy that if someone was to go down with an injury, you know, they, they could bring him into the frame and they, you know, they know that, um, that he could do a, a solid job. But look, I, I think the door's never quite closed on players like that, of, of that ability. 
Uh, but then you consider, you know, David, I mentioned Anton Leonard Brown, David Havili's out with an injury as well. It, w- it would seem that maybe uh, his chances of going to the World Cup are now probably quite slim unless misfortune would have before at least one other player. And I, I say at least, he's probably one. He, he's probably one or two out of the picture as well. But having said that, I thought he played really well against Japan. You know, he just that direct line of running. Uh, it's very much what they're, they're trying to get out of Geordie Barrett at the moment. It's just that Geordie Barrett uh, brings some other um, skills as well. Obviously, his kicking game, his defence has been really good. So, yeah, um, it, it was good to see him playing well. It's always good to see him healthy. He's just had a rotten run of luck, and I, I don't think that's helped him at all in terms of the all-black picture. TJ, can I give you the week off commentary this weekend? No, you can't. <laughs> I'm doing, uh, we've got a game on Saturday night, uh, Samoa against Japan. Oh, brilliant. And so obviously it's, uh, you know, of the, um, Nations. Uh, Pacific you, you Nations know, Cup, yep. Pacific Nations, yeah, and, and obviously uh, lead up to the World Cup. And I'm just waiting now to see the teams and just see what sort of a lineup Samoa are going to have. I noticed that uh, Tonga had some of their rock stars playing when they had that win over Australia A. So these are important games. Give us a little uh, early idea about what uh, the strength of Samoa is going to be at the World Cup. And so I'll be doing that one on Saturday night. Brilliant. I'll be tuning in. 5.50 Saturday night, Sky Sport, TJ. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Righto, mate. Okay. Take it easy, TJ. No rest. No rest for the great man. Um, Yes, so Fiji, someone texted in actually. Um, Fiji Tonga is on Sky Sport Select on Saturday. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Got some more texts. We'll get to those after a quick break. Yes, a quick break. Thanks, Sam. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. It's Harness Racing New Zealand Pacing for Purpose Season 2. Sammy back in the uh, sulky. Ready to run. Do you know one of um, Charlie's favourite things is when I put him um, on my back and he wraps his arms around me and I just go... And he just cracks up. He absolutely loves it. So he might be in the old... Um, what do you call it? Sulky. Sulky. Mm. Is that what you call it for um, just on a horse? What do you say? On the, on the saddle? In the saddle? Oh, in the saddle, when you're riding a horse, it's the yeah, saddle. When yeah, you're yeah. being towed, it's the yeah. sulky or the buggy or the cart. Yeah. He'll be doing something uh, maybe related mm. to horses if he's not a pro golfer, which is where I'm um, angling him towards as well. Sure. Um, Addington. $50 bonus bet going on to raise money for? Butterbean mo- uh, Motivation. BBM. Dave Vitelli. Great man. Um, race number five at Addington tomorrow. Hang on. And tell me what time that is, please, because is it during the show? Or is it a night? No, it'll be night, Friday night. Mm. Here we are. It is at 7.14pm. Okay, tune in. Race number five. Have Race a look. number five. I'm looking. Um, just give me a really random clue, if you like, because um, I'm, I'm looking at one. Nah, I can't. Well, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you why I picked it, and then you can... Okay. Yeah. Um, been going great guns um, without getting the chocolates. Of late. Nice draw, though. Could it? Oh, a nice draw. Okay, it's not that one. Um, Could be the day. 
could be the day. Could be the day for the Robert Dunn, Riley Harrison Jr. driver in the sulky Bryce's medal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Bryce's medal, and that is M-E-D-D-L-E for everyone listening out there, and I think it's a real chance. Six starts for a win, three seconds and a third. Yeah, so it's only due. out of the money once. So due. Um, what's the paint? No odds yet. Ah, uh, no uh, odds. Doesn't yet. matter to me. Doesn't matter to me. It's a winner. Doesn't matter you. Doesn't matter you. Um, very quickly, I said a couple of texts I needed to get to. Then my Jerians must have been an Auckland Blues supporter to cry for so long. <laughs> All Blacks are paying sixteen dollars to beat the Australians by fifty-one plus. It's worth throwing a little speckle on a multi, I reckon. Nathan, that's brave. Fifty-one. Oh. That'd be amazing. Staffy, I played rugby till I was 55 and never, ever had much interest in soccer unless the All-Whites were playing. But I'm really looking forward to the Football World Cup in New Zealand, mate. Marshy in the Hawks Bay, you enjoy it. It's going to be pretty damn good. Staffy, when Paulie sees they had to bring the odds in for the football ferns, does that happen on the amount of money put on or the number of bets put on? If you know what I mean. It's the amount of money. It's the amount of liability. So if you put $100 on New Zealand at 10 bucks. It's a thousand dollar liability. If you put a hundred dollars on Norway at a dollar twenty, it's twenty dollar liability. So twenty dollars profit to risk a thousand. So I'd say the liability had gone too high. So they just had to suck it back to try and get a bit more money onto Norway and onto the draw. Um, hey, Steph, did you have a go the TAB's FIFA Women's World Cup pick the overall winner promotion? I sure did. I sure did. I got 20 on Germany. Not because I think they'll win it. I just want the bonus bets. Just want the bonus bets. Uh, Sammy, text for you from Sean. Sammy, text for you from Sean. See if you can call the league and the horse race tomorrow night. Oh. Well, it will be. we will be building up from seven, between 7 and 8, so maybe I do just dip out of uh, talking to Kempi about the starting lineups and just go into race number 5 now at Addington. Out of the gate they go and... Mm. Was it Bryce's medal on the inside lane? Has a good run with three lengths back to... Yeah. Uh, Joey's text in, last text before the news. Steffi, finally, a home game for the Broncos. <laughs> About time, a Friday night game, new beauty. That's good, Joey. Go the mighty Broncos. Oh, the day that they have to leave Queensland, you know, it'll be... Haven't they, got a, haven't they got a game at Sunshine Coast and it's an away game? Probably. Of course they do. Of course they do. And they had an away game at their home ground in Marvel Round or whatever that round well, is it's, called. But the game on Friday, the game tomorrow is rabbit is a home game for the Rabbits. Is it in Brisbane? Sunshine Coast. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. But it's counted as used to that. Why do the rabbits say used to that? Money, money, money. Uh, we'll take a break. If you want to play. What are we going to do first, Sam? We'll do the, the chase. chase. If you want to play the chase, give us a call on 0800 Sammy is Bradley Walsh after a couple of weeks away. And, and 100,000. E-cash. 100,000. 100,000 e-cash. 0800 The chase is straight after the news. Spin the wheel, Sammy. The chase. Seven calls. Seven on the seven on the uh, wheel. Off the chase. Hundred thousand e cash up for grabs, and I couldn't think of a better part of the country for that to find itself in. You could probably buy yourself a house up there with a hundred thousand e cash. Jim from Danny Verk. Danny Verk. Hey, Danny, thanks very much, mate. And how you going there, Steffi? I'm good. I'm always shocked. 
Tell great. tell the country what Danny Vuk's famous for. Um, well, he's got an old fella, the old guy that went and joined his own um, search party when they were looking for him many, many, many years ago after he shot at Chilla Copper. Oh. Jeepers, okay, Jim. Uh, I'll tell you what, they're not famous for cell phone reception, mate. If you could find yourself just a better area, that would be fantastic. Uh, I was thinking Dargaville. Where's Danny Verk? Danny Verk's down between uh, Palmerston North and okay. Hawke's Bay. So we've got, we're going down the country. That's fine. Jim, you know how the chase works, mate? Have you, have you heard it on ECNZ before? I've actually think I had a goal, goal once before. Okay, he's a, re- he's a repeat uh, contestant. So what I'm going to do, Jim, I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock. You have 60 seconds to answer as many sporting questions as you can. If you pass and move on straight away, if you get one wrong, I'll give you the right answer, okay? Beautiful, thank you. Set A or set B on the questions, Jim? Uh, set A, thanks. Set A, and it's a fine choice today, Jim. It is a, a very fine choice. So I'm going to put 60 seconds on. Your time will start, Jim, in three, two, one. Who is the head coach of the Argentinian rugby team? Correct. Who is the leading try scorer for the Warriors this year? Uh, I'll move on. Tony Tony Cruz is a footballer from which country? Uh, I can't hear you, Jim. Which Australian has the most runs scored in Ashes cricket history? Uh, Don Bradman. Who won last year's British Open? Golf. Cameron Smith, which NFL team comes from Minnesota? Sorry? Which NFL team comes from Minnesota? That's the Vikings. Who is currently ranked number one on the Netball World Rankings? Australia. Yas Marina is a location associated with what sports season-ending event? Jim, you faded out almost on every question there, and I don't even know if I've still got you. Are uh, you on the line? No, you've still got me. I can hear you. Yeah, no, oh, I'm sure you can. Then, just, just then, it just came then right. you're fine, mate. But it, it does sound like you are next to the pond. Um, well, you got uh, you got one, and uh, yeah. you're going to need a couple of pushbacks. And the chair today is uh, the Staffinator. Uh, he will be trying to chase you down. If he gets one wrong, I stop the clock straight away, and uh, he gets or you get a chance to push him back, Steph. Uh, this might be a quick one, fella. Mm. Let's uh, uh, let's get ready to go. I bet you asked me a hard one. To Your start. time will start. No, hey, it's just how the set comes to me. That's okay. how it's written. Your time will start in three, two, one. Terry Dusatois played rugby in what position for France? <laughs> I've got to know it. Okay, we'll say what it is. Number eight. Oh, stop the clock. Stop the clock. Uh, Terry Dusatois played rugby in what position for France? Uh, Jim. He was number. Number six and captain. Correct. Number six and captain, actually, open side. Uh, your time, blind side. Blind side, sorry. Your t- well, no, he was an open side flanker, wasn't he? Not six. Yeah, he was. Yeah, they changed numbers in France. Yeah, he was the open oh, side. Oh, that's right. Northern yeah. Hemisphere he- goes the other way. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Same yeah, as water down yeah, the plate. flush differently. Your time, Steph, will start. You're on minus one. Your time will start in three, two, a one. Who is directly above the Warriors on the NRL ladder? Canberra. That is correct. Uh, USA have won the uh, most Women's World Cups in history. Who is second? Oh, jeepers. No idea. I'll go Germany. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Only because I backed them. (laughs) And the chase for you is over, Jim, unfortunately. Uh, Third time lucky, mate. Try again another time. Yeah, hey, thanks very much, guys. I love your show, mate. You keep me going every day. Oh, good stuff, Jimmy. Jimmy. Thanks for listening, mate, and thanks for calling in.
Love you guys. Have a good weekend. See you, boy. Great uh, man. Great, great man. Unfortunate contestant. Uh, and unfortunate phone, really. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, look, we, always, we never know too, until we put guys to air whether or not the phones are going to hold up, and sometimes people are in their cars, etc. But uh, the 100,000 e-cash still up for grabs. And might I add... For everyone interested, crypto's on the move at the moment. So that 100,000 e-cash is, you could call it an investment. You could call it an investment. I used to go to Danny Burke every Monday. Did you? In a previous life. When? When I was sales rep. No, sorry, when did I ask? (laughs) Did I say you asked? (laughs) No, no, don't worry about it. Hey, um, more chances to win, staff. Show me the money. My big question is, does George Kilcolly still have a panel beating shop in Danny Burke? (laughs) George Kilcolly? Geo Kilcolly. Yeah, he's right at the... Coast is that east on the eastern edge of Dannyburg down a long driveway. He mm. had a uh, panel beater straight spray painting shop. He was one of my customers. Okay, back in the day. And Brilliant. there's a good there's a cafe on the main street. Does great mints on toast. Uh, if you want to play, show me the money. You can call that number again. Just back to back calling us. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Show me the money. Four legs. Don't go anywhere, B man. You're part of our selection committee. Oh, he's coming into the studio. Yes, he's got something. Show me the money. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Be part of our four leg multi, and you win the cash. Show you the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money, Jerry. You better yell. Show me the money. Show me the money, a $50 TAB bonus bet. A big thank you to the TAB. Me, Sam, and B-Man, I think it's the third week in a row. It is, it is. Thanks for having me again. It's great to have you. And who is our contestant from... New Zealand. Sam, please. We're sticking with Danny Virk's staff. Funnily enough, I uh, saw it come through and I thought Caleb from down in the in the Danner, <laughs> he's going to jump on and he might confirm whether or not that panel beater still exists. Uh, Caleb, welcome in. Yeah, g'day. Uh, can confirm the panel beater is still down the driveway. I don't know who works there, but it's still, still operational. Wow. Brilliant. And there was another panel beater behind the BP station just as you come into Danny Virk. There was a panel beater behind there as well. Yep, no, that's still there too. Yep. <laughs> Look at me go. Look at me go. Settle down, staff. Yeah, um, reminiscing. Dana Vegas, people are calling it uh, on the text machine. Fantastic. Now, uh, I did lose a button on my screen here, and I've replaced it with, I don't even know if it's the right one. So this is going to be very interesting if uh, I hit it and we go to somewhere else completely. But, right, but here we are with Show Me The Money, four-league multi, put it on, $50 bonus bet from the TAB if it comes in. All yours, Caleb. Uh, let us start with... Brendan English sitting in the big chair. Thank you, Sam. The man from the chase himself. Uh, it is. He voices uh, a lot of our ads. You recognise his voice. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the Open starting this afternoon, in fact, 5.30. I know you're looking forward to it, staff. Yes. Um, everyone loves a good major. I was going to back Tommy Fleetwood um, because he is the local down there in Liverpool, um, but I've decided to go with a tip that you got earlier on in the show, Adam yes. Scott, the Australian. Um, I'm going to go him placing top four. 30 um, in this event, in this major top 30. I feel like mm. he's got it in him. Mm. I'm just having a look through Adam. Top 30. God. He's about da-da. 60s, so he'll be about four. 275. Oh, he's a, he's a little bit lower than that. 275. 275 for top 30. Now let's find out. Show me the money. Yeah. yeah. What a result. What a result. Um, just before we get our next pick, Brenna, could you give me a um, get your heart racing with harness racing? <laughs> 
Get your heart racing with Harness Racing. Yeah, that's yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, can you get um? No, that's that's you have to listen to the air <laughs> brakes and more. the flying sulkies. <laughs> no, all right, <laughs> we'll, we'll hear that in the ads. Uh, Mark Stafford, yours. I'm going potentially the most conservative I ever have. I want to get it in. I'm going anytime try scorer Stephen Crichton. He's paying a dollar sixty-seven. Uh, it's the Penrith Panthers' best team against the Canterbury Bulldogs' worst team. He'll score. Show me the money. Dollar sixty-seven against the uh, the Bulldogs with the uh, the Penrith Panthers. Um, brilliant. I don't mind it, Steph. Tasty little morsel. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay a little bit short as well. I feel like Brendan sort of had a bit of a bit of a swing, swing on the uh, fences, swing on ball, on ball too. So I'm gonna come in with uh, Newcastle v the Melbourne Storm. Newcastle Knights are sort of inconsistent. Almost a must-win game for them if they're gonna make the top eight. But the Melbourne Storm building nicely. Cam Munster comes back in. Mm. Harry Grant playing good. Jerome Hughes. Xavier Coates, who scored a hat-trick on the weekend, is going to fly high over the top, probably of Dominic Young. I'm not sure who he's playing on that wing. Uh, at a dollar fifty-seven, Steph. Lovely. Lower than mine. Yeah, but uh, I think a pretty decent shout. Caleb, Caleb from what, Danny Virk. Let's hope, let's what's hope we haven't stolen your lunch three times in a row. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to go with the flavour of the day, the Women's World Cup. Ooh, good man. Day versus Vietnam. Vietnam. Uh, Alex Morgan, three plus goals. Yes, boy. Wow. Okay, hold on. Just scrolling down. There it is. USA Vietnam. Can't even bet on them head to head because they're that uh, short a favourite. Uh, and we're going to goal scorers. And to score three or more goals, Alex Morgan. She's paying $2.50. That is pretty tasty. It takes us to uh, $18 in the odds, staff. And if I put $50 for the TAB on that, $851. And. God, you're good. 21 cents. Oh, you get lots of mints and toast on the main street at Danny Verk. If that one comes in, Caleb. Sure will. Sure will. <laughs> I feel it. I actually feel this one big time. Yeah. I feel really confident. Let's just hope Alex Morgan doesn't score two and hits the woodwork a couple of times or mm. gets yellow carded or something. Oh, good luck, Caleb. No, cheers for that. Cheers, buddy. Ah, jeez, we're live and we're live and well in Danny Vegas. Oh, I love it. Love it. Uh, famous for Vikings. What did you say it was famous for, Sam? Trout was your guess. I don't know. Don't, no, don't know what you're oh, talking about. Oh, but you didn't know where Danny Verk was, did you? I don't know what you're talking about. I No. Where's Danny Verk? South. <laughs> South of what? Uh, Give me Auckland. the two towns. <laughs> Give me the two towns that's between. Palmy and... No, the town. Palmy's a city. Give me the two New towns Plymouth? that's between. No. Nah. Uh, I'm going to say it's between town-wise... It's between Kaitaia mm-hmm. and Timaru. Well, it is. But oh, no. well, thank you very much. The closest towns either side. Woodville. Okay. And potentially Waipawa. Uh, what's the one that makes the thick socks? Um, the Merino socks. Yeah, the big thick woolly, 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 woolly socks. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not good with um, these. You turn off the main road and go over a ramp and you go down into somethingville, is it? Oh, I'm going to have someone or text. I'm no good with these geological um, things, <laughs> Steph. <so. laughs> but you have your pair of pamphers. Um, we'll take a break and find out what happened back in the day before we hand over to the run home. And Bossy's back in the house. Yes, Isaac Boss is hosting with Kirst. But we'll be back after this. Here's what happened back in the day. July 20, 1981, Ian Botham scored 145 of his famous innings of 149 not out to give England 
an outside chance of beating Australia after the following on in the third test is Headingley. Fantastic. 2002, Manchester United agreed to a British record transfer fee of £30 million for Rio Ferdinand. Massive. Massive. Birthdays today, Chris Amon, former New Zealand motor racer, born in 1944. Uh, Ian Ferguson, four-time Olympic gold medalist, 71 today. And Ian Ferguson, the Ironman of New Zealand canoeing, is out in front. He's going to win the gold medal for New Zealand. Second would be Sweden. And third, Del Riago from Spain. But no doubt about who won it. And there he is. There he is. Um, Ray Allen, 48 today, former NBA player. Current NBA NBA player Stephen Adams, he turns 30 today. If you were born on this day in 1989, the number one movie was one of the greats, Lethal Weapon, and the number one song was this. Big thank you to Sammy Hewitt. Thank you for your texts and calls, as always, folks. Stay safe out there. Our thoughts are with those affected by the horror that uh, carried on in Auckland CBD today. The run home with Isaac Boss and Kirsty Stanway. They'll be coming to you. I'll catch you tomorrow.